Maybe it's an English-American thing. It was not an English-American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball. National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association, okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who, of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, well, you see, because we're soccer fans. I right. couldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. Football fans here. We, we call it football. Okay. But, um... How many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in the swim. How come the swim ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Double Clutch Podcast. We're back again for our, as our second show this week because we're trying to make up for the uh, couple of weeks we've had off. I'm Matt Smash and I'm joined today by Matthew Bates. Hello. So you've got the two mats uh, giving you the news today. So we're going to kick things off quite click, yeah, quite quickly um, with Kobe Bryant's return. He made his return the other night in what was a pretty lackluster game against the Toronto Raptors. I think the uh, the, the return of Kobe got a little bit overshadowed by a uh, a certain trade which went down beforehand, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, Kobe made his return. Um, I was an idiot. I stayed up until I think it, I think it was 3 a.m. or something. I was on Twitter with um, Tom Reed and all them lot and basically was like, come on, League Pass, come on, League Pass, because they did all the player intros and you didn't get to see any of that. So we just got the, we, we got the stream straight from the tip off. So I watched the first quarter in a bit and then went to bed and I'm glad I went to bed because I watched the game the next day and uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was nothing worth staying up for. It wasn't sort of a... Uh, Chamberlain return. Well, what an intro! What an intro! What an intro you missed. Darth Vader stepping out. They really, they really, really built that up. But yeah, they built that up with the Death Star and the uh, Tie Fighters and everything. And awesome. Andy somewhere was loving it or hating it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Definitely thinking about it. And the other guard wears number twenty-four, six-six, eighteenth campaign from Warren Marion High School, Kobe Bryant. Coach of the Lakers. So the Lakers lost that game 106 to 94. And, um, yeah, that was a Toronto Raptors team without Rudy Gay, which is interesting to see. And they played well. Amir Johnson was actually the star of the night, kind of took over the game completely. But every time Kobe got the ball, um, he got a, you know, a round of applause from the Staples Center. And, uh, yeah, it didn't have the, uh, greatest of, of introductions. Eight turnovers in his first game back, which is, Probably to be expected, considering he's never played with. Well, he played with what Gasol and Gasol didn't even play that that much. So he's played with a couple of the guys before, and that's about it. He had nine points and uh, didn't shoot well at all. Two of nine from the from the field. So an interesting return for Kobe Bryant. What did you think? Uh, yeah, we can rust. He's been off. Well, he's been <laughs> off for what is it? Eight months now, and I know obviously if you've got an Achilles or a leg injury, you're not going to be moving around in that. And he had, and he has come out and said, and it's been listed that he has put on about twenty pounds in that. He did look a lot more stockier when he was when he was on the court. But yeah. Rust eight turnovers. It did seem like a bit more. I don't know. I think they might have been cheeky. I think he probably made nine or ten, but. As you said, it's just passing to people that he doesn't know where their spots are. He doesn't know where Swaggy P is going to be because Swaggy P is literally everywhere. 
doesn't really know exactly where it's going to be, but <laughs> it, it, it tried a seven twenty oh, jam and it failed. Lay up, lay up under the basket. <laughs> it's it's on every blog. Check it out. It's the most swaggiest, swaggiest swag peed shot ever. But yeah, back well back to Kobe. He just he just didn't really seem to have that lift in his shot. But hey, it's two. It's that's one game. There's another game that he's obviously played in. But it's only two games. We shouldn't be saying end his career in that now. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll give him another week and so and he'll be back to well, what we expect Kobe to be this year. Yeah, I think what shocked me is the fact he actually played 28 minutes. I thought he'd play around 20, maybe just under. But well, You can't stop the mumbo. Uh, well, no, and he seemed to come in whenever he wanted to come in, really. But the second game against Phoenix, which was also a, a loss, he was, he, was, he was a lot better. Uh, he had 29 minutes in that game, 20 points from 6 of 11 from the field and three turnovers. So he cut that down. I thought what was noticeable in that first game against Toronto was actually his assists. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he's playing point at the moment and uh, Steve Blake has uh, just come out with injury again today. So the Lakers don't have any point guards at the moment. So that means Kobe Bryant's going to be starting with Jody Meeks against the Thunder tonight. So could be an interesting, sorry, tomorrow night. So that could be an interesting one to, uh, to to watch. I wouldn't bet against Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook putting like 60 down on this uh, team. Yeah, but, but Kobe <laughs> will love this. It's, we've all the uh, the consensus around the league is when he came back is how is he going to get his shots when it's a, a new a more D'Antoni system where it's more passing more fluid setting screens a lot of more pick and roll but Kobe if Kobe's playing point guard Kobe's going to have the ball <laughs> he won't have to get it from <laughs> anyone else and in that first game you talked about his assists and that there was a lot of assists to Blake and well attempted assists to Blake and Gasol because I don't know there was something in the back of my mind I was thinking maybe these are the only two people that he trusts at the moment just because he knows yeah. who they are. <laughs> I'll give it to you, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't care if you're going to do a, a 720 layup and it's going to be the greatest thing to ever hit Twitter, but <laughs> but you're not having no, it. it. Well, the second game he improved his shooting massively, so maybe against the Thunder we'll see a bit of a difference. But the Thunder are one of the uh, one of the best sides in the NBA right Ooh, now. So we got a dunk. Be... We got a dunk in the second game. Yeah, well, <laughs> wasn't the he can still do. It. <laughs> Well, he went 100% from the free throw line in that game as well, which uh, was a lot better. His shot just looked a, a lot smoother in that Phoenix game, whereas Toronto, it, it just looked off all night. Like he went, I think he took three threes and missed them all. Mm. It just wasn't clicking. And I think that game against Phoenix was the sort of the perfect game to get him back in. But the Lakers have got a bunch of back-to-backs now, so it'll be interesting to see how long, how many minutes he does play well, and whether or not the Lakers can actually keep in any of these games because they're... they're um, we're having a few issues right now. Pau Gasol was really poor on um, Sunday night. Looked really awful, queuing a lot of Lakers fans on Twitter to say, trade him. Ooh. That's new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was an interesting return for the Mamba, but um, certainly a lot more fanfare than was deserved at the end of the night because uh, so far he's averaging 14.5 points, 3.5 and 5 rebounds a game. The rebounding actually looked really good, but that was about it. So we we, we know his Achilles can take the strain of jumping up and down like a crazy rabbit all night yeah um just going back to an early point the hardest thing for him to do to be effective in this lakers team it's hard because he didn't have the training camp with them and there's so many new players and a little bit more of a new system he didn't have a training camp so he couldn't really i'm sure he was there but he couldn't really be part of the offenses and that and they've only had he's only been in what one or two training sessions that we saw but i'm sure as we said long down the road nothing to go crazy about from that first game obviously a little bit better in the second game we'll give it 10 20 games and we'll have him back. Do you think the Lakers will be better off with him at point or would they have been better off with, you know, Blake or somebody like that playing point? But obviously they can't at the moment. From a non-Lakers fan, I'd 
like it more uh, him playing a point because you just know he's going to jack more shots up because he's going to have the ball <laughs> in his hand. But no, I think they, I think well, he's so do- he's so dominant, like forcefully onto his team and that that I can imagine that they might go back to a bit more older isolation system. But I don't know. As long as they can get Blake back and uh, Farmer still, Farmer's still injured as well. So. Well, what I'm waiting for is the uh, the real tester for how well he's 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 come back will be when someone like Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant calls an ISO on him and just sort of tries to take him one on one. We'll see how see yeah. what happens then because in the uh, the Phoenix and the Toronto games, people were sort of backing off him and, and you know they'd go up to him if he was over over you know wide open, but they weren't in his face so to speak like they usually are. So when someone calls that first iso play on kobe and kobe's got to defend yeah. it it will be a yeah cuz in the toronto game he test. was he was guarding novak for majority for quite a bit of yeah. <laughs> and you're like ah, i know kobe you've lost a step on defense and that but come on you can you can pick up someone like derozan or maybe terence ross and that not novak please not novak but oh well yeah so uh, obviously since the last time you were on Bates, we actually had a uh, bt sport deal which we did mention last week and uh, we got one of the marquee games of this half of the season uh, the other night Tuesday night we got the Indiana Pacers in the Miami Heat and the Pacers won that one 90 to 84 after fighting back from a double digit deficit and uh, a pretty stunning game for for Roy Hibbert yeah yeah it was it's actually an Eastern Conference matchup game where you can actually get excited it's not a about rivalry. Oh yeah, you can actually get excited about it because obviously it's been well documented how poor the East have been doing. But it was great to see arguably the two best teams in the league go at it, and it it didn't really disappoint. It wasn't the most beautiful game, but I just thought, well, I thought we'll talk about the game in the first quarter. LeBron James on well, first half, LeBron James on Paul George was just absolutely incre- incredible. LeBron James kept him down to two points. He only got these two points from from the free throw line, didn't hit any field goals. but And you could see after that first quarter how gassed LeBron James was, how he, he looked absolutely knackered. <laughs> Superhuman James doesn't get knackered. Yeah, I think the uh, we saw the Achilles heel of the Miami Heat in this game was the the centres. Yeah. Uh, again, it's always, it's been an issue since they assembled the big three and, you know, that that finals that they lost, they, they couldn't really handle the likes of Dirk and Chandler. And we saw that with the Pacers game the other night. Roy Hibbert was just well outstanding really I mean 24 points on the night five rebounds I think it was which isn't huge for him but he just had such an impact there and then you've got someone like David West stepping up and sort of making up where the rebounding was lacking mm-hmm. and they've just got this fantastic all-round team I mean me and Andy mentioned it at the end of last week's show they've got so much talent even on the bench like the Louis Scholar coming off and CJ Watson all hitting big baskets and they just they've got this energy that Miami seems to be lacking at the moment yeah yeah it it helps as well when you've got uh well we're talking about energy you've got Lance Stevenson just running amok uh, there was a massive key point I think one of the biggest plays I know it was early on was uh the end of the second quarter when Lance Stevenson got that and one cut a 10 point league uh by the heat down to seven and it yeah it just shows how much energy they've got going back to Roy Hibbert as well he didn't he only got one block but there were so many contested blocks and shots that he just altered, especially down the stretch. Ron James went in for a layup, and there's the word again, verticality. Uh, <laughs> Hibbert just went straight up, did enough, not really blocked it, but got enough of uh, a reaction from LeBron to miss the layup, which we've seen LeBron hit layups, no matter who's guarding him all the time. But yeah, Groy Hibbert was absolutely incredible on both sides of the both sides of the floor. Well, the size of this Pacers team is just something, you know, something to handle. Roy Hibbert's 
Roy Hibbert's big, David West is big, even Paul George is fairly long for, for, for where he plays. And then you've got Scola coming off the bench and Mahini as well. I mean, Mahini doesn't play many minutes, but he's, he comes on, he's, he just seems to be a solid rebounder every time he plays. He doesn't score, but if he goes to the free throw line, he, he will put a, a few down. The, um, the thing that stood out for me was the fact that the Pacers actually turned the ball over 21 times. Mm-hmm. Yet the Miami Heat didn't really capitalize on that. <laughs> They capitalized on it in sort of, you know, when they were up, they had the double digit lead. But considering that the final score, you'd, you'd have thought that Miami would have run away with it at some points of this game. But the Pacers just stuck in there and, you know, it was a statement win for, is what Frank Vogel said. And, you know, we've got to agree with him, really. Yeah. It's, it's good to cement, look, well, it was the ultimate test for the Pacers to see, are they as good as, as, are they as good as their record says? Well, let's throw them against the best team in the, in the league. And yeah, they proved a point there. The one thing that did annoy me was, I don't know if it was just through the sound and that, obviously we weren't at the game, but the crowd didn't <laughs> sound that into it, as much into it as you wanted them to be. I don't know if it was just me, but it didn't, it wasn't that loud, the arena. I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really notice, oh, I wasn't really paying much no. attention to that, but it, it, they've sold, they've sold out, they sold it out, didn't yeah. they? So, well, which is rare for Pacers game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, I, don't know. They, they, more, I wanted it to be a bit more playoff atmosphere. It was, it got down to it in the last fourth quarter, but, the first three quarters, the crowd were just, I don't know, just a bit more casual than that. But it does well. Home court is an advantage, and the Pacers obviously some, did something right. Before the game, they were saying that you know it wasn't a rivalry that they weren't. They was just taking it as another game, and Miami just came out and sort of blew them away in that first half. And the Pacers didn't really look like they'd got out of second gear. And then they sort of turned it on, and I think Roy Hibbert came out after the game and said, you know, we realised how bad we were in that first half, and just came out with a point to prove in the second and you know they got the energy behind them and the, the, the flow of the game went their way in the end and they're 10-0 and 0 at home at the moment which is a, a great record for them to have yeah yeah it really was and going back to Paul George 15 points in the second half and I, I, LeBron wasn't guarding him as much which I, he had a lot of uh, there was a lot of switches by the Miami Heat defence onto what well, Allen was guarding him and sometimes Batier and you Paul George is at the point now where you, every time he shoots, you think it's pretty much going to go in. And mm-hmm. if he's taking, you took Ray Allen lock down on the block and did the face up uh, mid range or even three pointer in him. And I'm not knocking Le- LeBron, but if you're starting off the half, the first half that well, you want to see it throughout the game, not just in the first half. Obviously, in the nitty gritty when it counts the most in the fourth quarter when it's a close game. Yeah, it was, def- it was definitely one of the marquee matchups which was good to get on the uh, British TV over here because unless you had League Pass, you probably wouldn't have been able to watch that. So I haven't got BT. Who, what do they do for halftime reports? Is it? Oh, it's it's direct stream from them from the states. Oh, that's even more better to watch it on. Sorry, Kevin. Cagle. Yeah. So <laughs> the other, I put I put a tweet out the other night that said, "Thank God we've got the um, we've got the Indiana Fox feed and not the Miami Fox feed because that does my uh, mind." Uh, well, <laughs> Dwayne Wade with his thirteenth blood shot of the year. If you don't like that, you don't like Miami Heat basketball. Yeah, you stole like, that. They say that every single game. They stole that from the Kings. <laughs> the, that was the Kings commentary's um, motto, and they do it so much better. And. Yeah, he's got a weird, weird moustache. He looks a bit like Ron Jeremy slash uh, Jeff Van Gundy, even though they're, uh, Stan Van Gundy, <laughs> even though they look like the same person anyway, but an older version. So there's obviously been a bunch of games over the last few nights since we did last in a podcast. So we're just going to highlight two that t- took place last night that were both on BT Sport as well. Um, the early game, the early tip-off was the 12pm one between the Knicks and the Bulls and the Knicks trying to get out of this slump, which they managed to do eventually. They won the game 83-78. to Camelo Anthony went for 30, 10 and 4 and uh, led both teams in, in highs. Uh, uh, 
a big standout game for the Knicks, uh, really. They had to win this, and uh, they nearly didn't. They nearly threw away. I think it was a 25-point lead at one point. Yeah, that it, it's not pretty basketball. <laughs> You've got the Chicago Bulls who, with, uh, with Rose, were trying it hard to score, and then when Rose has gone now, it's very... I know Deng's playing very well, shout out to the UK, but he didn't play in this game, so... It, it, it did coming into this. It did think, where are Chicago going to get their offense from? They got twenty points from Mike Dunleavy, Dunleavy. Which, is pretty, which is pretty solid. But it's it's hard to think how where this Bulls team's going. But yeah, the Knicks they blew they nearly blew a lead after getting embarrassed by Boston over the weekend by forty points. They they really did need this game for Mike Woodson. Do you think Mike Woodson is uh, fired in the next few weeks or tomorrow or ever? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's him that's causing the problems. I just don't think they have the talent on the roster. The Tyson Chandler injury, like we mentioned last week, is is massive for them. And you know, even players like Shumpert and Kenyon Martin and people like that aren't stepping up. And Melo's just having to shoulder so much, which he did last night. But they they threw it away. And every team knows how to play the Knicks. That's the problem. They have the same issue that you know the the Bulls had before Rose went out. Is they know who's going to be the one trying to score the ball. So. They double team him, triple team him at times, and it caused all kinds of issues last night, especially in the uh, fourth quarter where the Bulls outscored them twenty four to fifteen. So, mm. the, but there was a few dodgy calls in that game. I mean, at one point, I, I think the ball, the uh, the Knicks had the ball, and Mello looked like well, Mello did shove off. Uh, I think it was Taj Gibson, and the whole of the Bulls bench got up and was like, "That's an offensive foul," and they gave it to the Knicks. It was just ridiculous. I mean, even I could see that watching <laughs> on here. So. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's just the Madison Square Garden fans getting to the uh, official. Yeah, it's it, it's the most world's most famous arena. It's the bright lights and that you're gonna get you, referees have been known to sway a few calls in that arena over the years. But yeah, it's well, it hasn't helped them this season. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not helped them for quite a long time either. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I I I think Trey Kirby said this on the start is that he's just quitting. He's not watching Bulls games anymore. It's just too depressing, and it is. It is pretty depressing. They have, they have no offense. They have nothing at all. I mean, Dunleavy is what, 30, 34 years old? Something like You're going to get one or two games out of him the way he scores 20 points a season as well. You're not going to get many more of these performances. Yeah. Boozer's not known for his offense and neither is Noah. They're a defensive team. and Without a scorer, they're causing issues. There are rumors today they're going for a DJ Augustine, which oh. isn't going <laughs> to Did they not watch the playoffs last year? Did they not see how he stunk it up for the Indiana Rock coming off the bench? But then again, both these teams trading their point guards or trading four point guards, which is weird because the Knicks have come out tonight saying they're interested in Kyle Lowry from the Toronto Raptors as well, possibly sending Iman Shumpert and a future first round pick for him, which I think is a bit too much to give up. And the Toronto Raptors don't need another guard. Send Bargnani back. <laughs> well, not, he's been he's been a bright light in a couple of games. This I'm year. sure that would be all right if 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 they want to go full tank the. Uh... The Raptors. I don't know. Is Bargnani coming off an expiry deal? I don't know. He might have one more year left after this, but no, full on tank with Bargnani. Get him back. They've got the cap room now without Rudy Gay. <laughs> yeah, the Rudy Gay deal is uh, is huge for them. Um, but another game that took place last night was also one after, was straight afterwards. We got a double bill last night, which was nice. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks at the Golden State Warriors. And this was, well, it was a blowout in the making up until the end of what? Quarter three, something like that. The uh, the Mavericks had a double digit lead throughout most of the game. Dirk Nowitzki was balling. He finished with twenty one points for the Knights, and uh, yeah, it, it was just it looked like it was going to be a standout win for the Dallas Mavericks uh, this early in the season. But the Golden State Warriors, 
And that Oracle Arena crowd fought back into the game. Steph Curry went off for 33. Andrew Bogut grabbed 80 rebounds. And Curry also had a um, 10 assists as well. So he had a double-double on the night, which was uh, great for him. They outscored the the Mavericks 29 to 21 in the fourth quarter and he hit the game winning shot as well at the end that's it that's that's the Golden State Warriors uh, that should be their MO for games now just go down to a double digit lead get into the fourth quarter and then you'll win because we saw it against Toronto when they came back crazily from a 29 point lead lost uh, lick, but yeah Steph Curry yeah. I yeah I, I watched I watched the, all of this game and I was, had the same mindset I was like uh, I've I could watch another game now. This is going to be a blowout. But if you if you've got the best tandem shooting threes, it's you're never really out out of the game. Well, Dramon Green, he, he had a massive yeah. three to like. I think he took they took the one point lead after that, but it all went their way really. Um, there was a four point play that Stephen Curry ended up winning and scoring, and that was a massive momentum shifter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dirk was giving away some silly fouls there in that final quarter as well, which is a Stupid, but this Pacers team, uh, sorry, this uh, Warriors team, are just they just kill you from that up from the three point arc. If you don't keep on them, then they cause you all kinds of issues. And uh, Clay Thompson didn't look great last night. I think he was three or fourteen from the field, but he'll get out of that slump eventually. And when they just start hitting, everything goes down. It's just raining threes in Oracle. He may have gone three for fourteen, but then three, then uh, then three made field goals or threes. That's all. That's all good. Um, but yeah, they do look, the Golden State Warriors, they do look a bit lost without Iguodala defensively. Uh, he, yeah, he's sort of changed the mentality of that team, hasn't he, this season? Yeah, they've lost, the, they've lost quite, a, quite a few games that they should have and could have beaten handedly if they did have Iguodala. I know I'm Iguodala's biggest fan. I'm, he's my favourite player in the league. <laughs> he's my favourite player in the league and he has been for ages. But I, they were a force at the start of the season when they had Iguodala because they were so balanced, uh, earlier article. Um, but when, I, I, I want I want to see them when they got when he gets back how they will deal with these teams. I can't imagine them going down this uh, t- double double digits going into fourth quarters and in midway through the third quarters with him. Well, they've been in tight games. I mean, they've been in real small digit games in the, without Iggy. So it's it's been just a case of making their last shots. And in the like the Thunder game at the uh, Chesapeake Arena, they were unlucky to lose that. Russell Westbrook just hit a ridiculous, an insane game winner that I don't think anyone would have put on the cards. But you know they've been in close matchups this season. And I think once Iggy gets back, they'll be the uh, the same team we saw at the start of the season. But they're definitely playing really well at the moment. Um, so moving on quickly to the trade that we started talking about uh, uh, quickly, the uh, Toronto Raptors obviously sent. Rudy Gay to the Sacramento Kings on Sunday night, which took place just before the tip-off in the Staples Centre. And uh, yeah, it was all over Twitter. Everyone was like, has this actually gone down? Is, are they being serious? Has he really gone? And uh, yeah, they have. So the Raptors sent uh, Rudy Gay, Quincy AC, Aaron Gray to the Sacramento Kings. In return, Toronto received Grievous Vasquez, John Simons, Patrick Patterson, and Chuck Hayes. So uh, just a clearance of cap there by the Raptors, one looks at it. Yeah. I, I'm not the biggest fan of this trade. Uh well, for the for the Raptors, <laughs> it's fine. They're clearing cap. Clearing cap. Vasquez will be playing good for them because he's on a, he's on an expiring deal and he's pretty productive. Not defensively, but offensively, he's very productive. He can get he can get a double double with assists at any time. But the main thing that is uh, annoying about this on for the Sacramento Kings is when you talk about usage rate for the Kings, which is uh, an estimate of percentage of team plays used by a player while he is on the floor. So how ball dominant they are. They have Isaiah Thomas, who's twenty, who's twenty eight percent, and they have Demar- Demarcus Cousins, who's thirty five percent, and Rudy Gay's in that thirty percent. It's going to be hard to work out who's going to have 
who's going to who all these three players need the ball and it's going to work it's going to be hard to work out who's going to take over this play and who's going to get their shot this time i can see this might be very conflicting when it comes to the offensive could, end could also be a hell of a lot of fun yeah it could it could be very uh, detroit ish well, you know me, I was I was the one who said a few weeks ago I was actually watching some Kings games and they've been in decent games this season. They've not been blown out by anyone that I can remember. Apart from last no. night. Yeah, maybe last <laughs> night. But I, didn't, I didn't see the game last, last night. 22 but... to the Jazz. <laughs> At home. That's because that's Rudy Gay turned up. <laughs> but they were looking quite solid before the Rudy Gay trade, so maybe uh, we'll find out how big Rudy Gay's influence is on the team. But they've got an interesting, fun, sort of young lineup there that could be... Yeah. Quite amusing, but the Raptors obviously with that Carl Lowry rumors going around tonight, um, that could be an interesting one. Obviously, Vasquez has come straight in and replaces him, so they are just clearing cap. Do you really think they're just going straight for Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's Canadian born. I don't understand why they don't get Derek Rose factor. Uh, how do you feel about your boy Isaiah Thomas now will be in the starting lineup? I think it'll be good for him. I really do. Yeah, yeah. whether he can, whether he can, um change the mentality of the team I don't know that's a different question but the fact he's got another sort of star talent in the team is going to help him but we'll have to see how Rudy Gay and DeMarcus Cousins actually get along first because there could be a bit of a clash of egos there especially with both of them wanting the ball all the time which is what you were saying so I was like it could be interesting but I think Thomas I think if he if they'd have wanted to if he'd have wanted to get out then they'd have got rid of him a long time ago because he'd be a, a decent point guard on any team I was liking Derek, uh, Derek Williams as well. Now he's probably going to get moved to the bench. Yeah, I know it, this sounds weird that I was liking him because he's not really shown much to say that he was a number four, number two. Yeah, that trade seems really odd now, though, doesn't it? It yeah. sounds really pointless. <laughs> yeah, he, he he started off all right. He was all right offensively, not the best defensively, but I guess he... Unless they start with what? Thomas, Macklemore. See, Macklemore uh, as well. It's Gay, and then you go... Williams and cousins. Cousins. That's actually not too bad, but the the bench. I don't think that. I don't think that's winning many games. No, the bench isn't the best either. But well, that's what you see in the NBA now. If you don't have a good bench, you don't tend to win games. Lake, Lakers <laughs> averaging the most points per bench. Yeah, because they have a. They don't have a good starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I just they're the op- they're the opposite of the. Uh, kind of I don't normally compliment the Lakers, and I gave you one there, and you just threw it right back in my face, smashed. I was being legit. I wasn't being. You know, I could have gone out and said we've got the best starting five in the league, but it'd be, it'd be a blatant lie. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's because Swaggy P's coming off the bench now. That's why. <laughs> well, well, speaking of the Lakers, quickly, there's rumours today flying around that Paul Gasol has actually been interested in a trade back to Memphis. What do you reckon about that? Depends who they're giving up because that's because Memphis are a low market team. They're not going to be paying that much salary this year. If it's for... well, there's rumours they're sending Zebo to the Pelicans. I think Ooh. it is the Gasol brothers. On the same team, the Spanish connection. Yeah, that could be quite interesting. Yeah, well, and I, th- I think Zebo going to New Orleans would actually be quite a good idea because you've got obviously Anthony Davis is out with the injury at the moment. Maybe he comes in, veteran talent, veteran experience. You know, just shows him a little the bit of the ropes, and he could either play, he could play the forward or the center, so it doesn't really matter. But He's back- when you've got him combined with the athleticism yeah. of uh, Anthony Davis, so it could be quite an interesting. Back, yeah, well, back to the three. Uh, back to a uh, back to basket. Scorer like Zebo works and mid range works perfectly with Anthony Davis, who works on the uh, mid range and cuts to the basket a lot. Then, yeah, Zebo's an underrated passer as well. He might not get that many assists, but he's got good court vision when he's in the post. So we'll let we'll let we'll let the linger because it's not, not we don't want to go over the top, even though it's not being confirmed yet. 
Yeah, Frankie's not here either, which means we shouldn't really be talking about trades without our resident <laughs> trade, trade fanatic, because you know what he's like. Trade him, trade trade that guy, trade I him. I was on ESPN trade, trade machine last night, and uh, I came up with 45 <laughs> different trades for Omar Sheik. <laughs> <laughs> It taunted hopeful believers. It drove men mad with desire. But it eluded all who sought the tantalizing promise of eternal youth. Today, the myths have long since faded. The legends proven hollow. The stories nearly forgotten. Yet, the fascination still remains. Is it possible to stay young, to wash away the years, to turn back time? What if, for one day, we could all share the excitement of a child? What if there was a place where men of extraordinary talent could create lasting images of their identity to echo through the years? What if a particular type of excellence Basketball excellence could be captured and preserved for generations to come. This is where the best are remembered, in the prime of their lives, at the height of their powers, shoulder to shoulder with those who define an era. Once again, the seekers and dreamers come to Florida in search of eternal youth. They will see it in the bold flashes of athletic brilliance. They will hear it in the roar of the masses at the joy of competition. They will find it spelled out in a litany of names that, while different, share a common title. All-Star. Today. So we thought we'd dedicate the, uh, the final section of this uh, short show today to a question that we got on Twitter from uh, Nikki French, a.k.a. Smedem07 on Twitter. Frenchie. Um yeah, he, he put in a tweet saying, looking at, the, he's currently looking at the all-star voting on NBA.com, which I think will, that all came out tonight, didn't yeah. it? There's a lot of people going on about how Portland didn't have enough votes, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> and Kobe's like the third highest rated guard or something, he, despite the fact he's played two games. He leads the West for the backcourt, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit silly, but that just shows you the marketing power of Kobe Bryant, anyway. Um, so he said, who would your guys from the Eastern, who would your guards from the Eastern Conference be? And he said at the moment he can only really look at the Orlando Magic uh, lineup guards. So who's that? Victor Oladipo and Jimmy, uh, Aaron Afala. Aaron Afala. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's, this is a really interesting one because there's <laughs> there's a lack of talent in the Eastern <laughs> Conference at the moment. So yeah, we when we heard this question, we were we were just saying. Who? Who do we put in? Yeah, we hung around like, uh, let's leave this as a show because this could be quite interesting. It, yeah, um, it's very, very... There's, no one's really stood out bang right in your face at the moment. Well, I'm with, I'm with him on Victor Oladipo. I think Victor Oladipo's been fairly decent for the for the Magic, but we all knew he'd come in and have a sort of instant impact on that team because that roster's not great anyway. But I think you've got to look at the likes of maybe Joe Johnson playing for the Nets. He's been pretty clutch for them in a couple of the games that they have won this season. Are we regarding record or not? Because I know it's the East. That's <laughs> completely up to you. I mean, well, you can throw Bradley Beal in there, but he's been injured for like half the season. Joe Johnson, I can't have a Nets play. I'm sorry. <laughs> but well, the natural pick would be Dwayne Wade, surely. Dwayne Wade and Kyrie Irving are the natural picks. They're probably the two that will get it, especially based on especially based on the uh, what's come out. They are the top two. But I was a bit hesitant saying Kyrie Irving, like. Uh, 
last night or the night before, he did have 37 points and about 10, 10 assists. But he hasn't really been that consistent uh, for the start of this year. Uh, which we, uh, which I think the hype around it, we, everyone expected him to, this was going to be his monster monster season, but he's not really performed as well as we wanted to at the moment. He's still averaging 20 points a game and six assists, mm. but uh, we expected more, and we were expecting more with the Cleveland team. That's what about I, What about your man, Michael Carter-Williams? He's not played that much. He's currently got a poisoned leg, which Hinky, I think we all think Hinky's going <laughs> to make us lose games. Tony Rotem, on the other hand, may not have the, most, uh, the best stats for shooting-wise, but he's Definitely a Norsar when it comes to fun, fun p- people to watch. Uh, another one that I chose was John Wall. Uh, John, John Wall. The the Wizards are kind of the third or fourth best team in the East right now, which we kind of did predict, but not in this kind of sense that they'll be five yeah. five hundred. Nine, nineteen points, nine uh, nine assists a game. All these career highs. Yeah, throw him in. Would we say smash? Do you agree? Yeah, I'd put it. I'd put, I'd put him above Kyrie, but I prefer watching. I prefer John Wall play than Kyrie. I think Kyrie's shoulders too much, whereas John Wall's a bit of a team player. Mm. It is an all-star game, though. And remember, there's 20 games in. Which and is why Kobe's the pick. There's 20 games in, and this is exactly when we decide who our all-stars are going to be. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ran- random one for me, probably someone like DeMar DeRozan from Toronto. I think he's been pretty decent. He's averaging 21 points a game this season, which isn't bad. Uh, he shoots up above 800 from the free throw line, so I think he'd be a, a, a. He's arguably he could arguably be the best shooting guard in that conference right now. Wade is sti- Wade. Wade's just written a letter to him on a uh, letter to you and him on, on, on Instagram. Instagram yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold him out like Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh, I genuinely think he could be. He's been he's been great for the Raptors this season, and he's. He came out last night saying that he thinks if the Toronto Raptors just keep playing as solid as they are, then everything's open for them. They could even make the playoffs. But I don't think uh, Messiah Yuri is going to be up for that, to be honest. <laughs> his stats, will, he will, something that is pretty scary with DeRozan is he will have the ball a lot more now that Rudy Gay's gone. So we could see a lot more missed shots. But yeah. What about someone like DeRozan on the Bulls? Someone that just jacks up quite a lot. Can actually create a shot for himself. Yeah, like like, Atro- like they had Nate last year. Atrocious on defense. Yeah, Nate Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds. No, that's sounds what they should, that's what they should do. They should trade Carl Lowry and Demar Derozan to the Bulls. <laughs> or Carlos Boozer's expiring and Tony Snell. <laughs> yeah, something random. Where like is Frankie know. when you need him? He'll get the contract yeah. up. <laughs> the mathematics in his head. Um, Jeff Teague. The Atlanta Hawks, I think he'd he'd be up there. He's been playing well this season. I mean, obviously he's quite young, so no, he's been playing very well. A lot, a lot, a lot of people aren't talking about the Hawks. They're quietly having a well. But, they always do yeah, this. Yeah, they're just having a five hundred team. Yeah, but they're playing a bit more efficient now with the whole Millsap and Horford. I haven't actually really watched many Atlanta games, which I think is the consensus around the league. But I never watch. I never really. <laughs> even in the playoffs last year, it was like, oh god, do I have to watch these guys play the Pacers? It's like I just like watch the Pacers run around against invisible people. <laughs> um, what about Rodney Stuckey? He's coming off the bench for the Detroit Pistons. He's actually playing, yeah, very well. He had a few years when he first started where, yeah, it was like Rodney Stuckey might be a foundation for the Detroit going forward. But yeah, he's actually had a bit of a re- redemption year. Mm. Brandon Jennings, maybe he has, has he played enough to warrant it? But then again, Kobe Bryant's played two games. And, and, and we're only 20 games in. I'm sure that it gets yeah. about 40 to 50 when we start deciding this. But no, good question. What about any of the Pacers? Do you think the Pacers deserve to be 
I wouldn't ju- well in consideration. It, it depends if, Paul George is obviously going to get picked. Yeah, it depends if you consider him as a guard or a front court. Well, not even George Hill or the Sean Stevenson. I mean, they're on. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Yeah, but Surely they take doing something. they take Wall and Wall and Hibbert. Mm. Oh. Do you think they're purely just going to base this on marketability and what they can? Get back revenue-wise. <laughs> well, I know. Well, Paul George is second in the uh, well in the standings for uh, front court at the moment. So, I think. Do we know who's in there right now? Yeah, uh, we've got Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, LeBron, uh, Paul George, and Melo. Roy Hibbert's trailing for for under behind Melo, but Melo's got twice as many votes as him. Uh, That's ridiculous. Like, I find it really funny how the public gets to vote for this stuff because. They always end up just picking the stars, and they don't end up picking the players, the teams, or the players who deserve it. It's why I feel so bad for like the Portland players because a lot of them haven't had enough votes to be even in contention. It's, it's yeah. happened for years. Uh, as much as I love him, Allen Iverson was in three All Star games that he shouldn't have been starting. <laughs> it's the same with Vince Carter as well. He yeah, he was in one or two as well that he really shouldn't have been in. But if it was, well, isn't Kevin Garnett in the in like isn't he like seventh at the moment or something? Yeah, Kevin Garnett forwards. sixth. 102,000 <laughs> people, 102, people have thought Garnett's having a good season today this year is that just Boston Celtics fans being bitter <laughs> thinking Haha, let's make him play one more game <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah that wouldn't work It was this was a good question because obviously got us thought in and just throwing up in our mouths of the thought of it but why couldn't he have asked the West it's so much easier for the West <laughs> Chris Paul Steph Curry done <laughs> oh well Ah, oh, the sorrow, sorry. You're not going to think of someone like James Harden or Monte Ellis, no? <laughs> no, James Harden, or oh, Westbrook, yeah. Westbrook, it's yeah. Such, hey, it's just a, not as easy as you think it is. Yeah, I know, but it's such a more confident conversation because we're talking about how good these people are. It's not like, oh, who's having an above-average season that we could actually throw in because no one else is having really an amazing season. That's just because the West is just so much better than the Eastern Conference. Yeah, how did you feel about the thought of uh, no more divisions? Which has been passed Uh uh, it doesn't really bother me, uh, to be honest. I mean, I can see how it, it pisses people off who, you know, Eastern Conference teams sneaking in with lower records than other teams, but it's just the way it is. It's, it seems to work at the moment. So I don't mind. The, the NHL, the NHL did away with their divisions, didn't they? Yeah, it doesn't really mind me divisions, but conferences should always stay. It's just I don't know the the divisions. It's just it just. It fears me that an Atlantic Division team will not only get into the playoffs, but will also be in the top four seeds. Mm. When really, do we really think Boston deserve home court advantage? They wouldn't get it, but do they really deserve to be in the playoffs at all? They want to be in the playoffs. <laughs> surely, with surely with, with you know, if the Nets can pull it all together, surely they can turn this around. I mean, Kenny the Jets have been st- saying all week, you know, if they can get everybody working and Darren Williams back, and you know, they, they should be. They can beat teams in this league, but we haven't seen that from them at the start of the season. The Knicks, I mean, one blockbuster trade for the New York Knicks, and that could, they could be back in, you know, back in contention for a decent playoff spot again. It just depends, you know, if they keep Amare, then they could have. I mean, someone someone said last night during the the, the Bulls game, Amare and Melo play well together, or they've played well together since they started playing together. And the other guy was just like, I think Mike Breen was like, uh, no, they're not. They're bad. They're really bad. <laughs> Amari was on, having an MVP worthy season before Melo came. Then Melo came and they got jacked up, they and they got swept in the first round, <laughs> which led to Amari punching fire hydrants. <laughs> and he's never been the same since. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, it's been a it's been a fun one tonight. We'll get back to you at some point next week, and uh, hopefully, we'll have a few more games to talk about, and uh, maybe a few more All Star rantings to go on about because uh, it's been quite interesting to just discussing. If we're All-Star talking rants. about the East again. I might actually the, these risks may be slit. Yeah, just really quickly at the end here, uh, Sports Illustrated did an article on the all atrocious team. Um, their all atrocious team is Raymond Felton, <laughs> Richard Jefferson, Tayshawn Prince. Oh dear. Kevin Garnett. Who? And uh, Kendrick Perkins. Do you agree with that? Uh, I agree that at least two of them people shouldn't be in the league anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, you're not going to throw J.R. Smith into that all atrocious team. Yeah, but the thing with, thing with J.R. is, if you're throwing him in, you've got to throw his brother in as well. He's been hanging out with Rihanna too much? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> there is if you're supposed to be a sixth man of the year guard for the New York Knicks, you know, like one of the biggest sports franchises on the planet. Yeah. In, if you look at it that way, yeah. <laughs> Which is why during that ball, the, uh, the Boston game last week, we were just like, oh my God, is this really happening? Are they really being beaten by this Boston Celtics team? Like the Celtics look like the world champions in that game. Yeah, they just came out with energy. That's it. They just started. They just ran the floor a bit and contested shots. That's all. That's all it takes nowadays to beat the Knicks. Contest their shots and run the and just have a little bit more energy than them. Yeah, and get Amare and uh, Melo to scrap during the game. <laughs> now, what are you want about since they've uh, since they came since uh, Melo came to the Knicks, them two have played like Stockton and Malone. <laughs> yeah, really, really well. Anyway, we'll catch you next week, guys. You can find us on. Uh, doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk we're on iTunes uh, we're on direct download we'll probably be on Stitcher or something at some point because I think a lot of people use that now you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash doubleclutchpodcast and we are on Twitter at the new hashtag of at doubleclutchuk and you can get involved with the conversation using hashtag in the NBA in the UK so any any questions or queries or anything you want to get into us for the next week's show then please do we'll uh Make sure we save them all like we did with Nikki's tonight. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the games this week and enjoy tonight's matchups. Bye bye. Bye bye. From a 10 mile per hour dribble, Steph Curry can stop and set up a jump shot in just a third of a second, giving him the quickness of Tony Parker. With an average launch, just six hundredths of a second before the apex of his jump, Curry embodies the release of Ray Allen. And with the ability to consistently find the basket for more than five feet beyond the three-point arc, Curry has the long-range playmaking ability of Reggie Miller.